COO of Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a project of educators worldwide. And this month, our theme is project-based learning. We have a special guest with us today, Courtney Miles, who's joining us from my fellow state of Florida, but she's working also in remotely or virtually as an English language fellow in partnership with the Embassy of Bahrain, as well as teaching in Florida. Thank you so much for joining us. Her topic today is language and leadership with student-led projects. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much, Eileen. It's really an honor to be here. I'm excited. I love this topic a lot, so I'm excited to, to talk a little bit about uh, what I've been doing in the classroom with the Embassy in Bahrain and uh, with the students there. Great, I can't wait to hear more. So just for our listeners, can you give us your definition, if you will, description of what project-based learning looks like to you? Because many people have different ideas about that terminology. Definitely. Uh, I think for me, it would be having projects uh, that are leading what the instruction and what the learning looks like in the classroom uh, and projects specifically that have a real world application. Uh, so projects that, uh, for example, maybe students could actually uh, use in the real world, uh, use outside of just a classroom context, uh, but are applicable directly to their context, uh, their stage in life and what they're doing. Uh, and so within that, uh, I view project-based learning uh, as something that has a lot of uh, variability and uh, is really based on each individual student. Um, but. Super, that's a good answer to get us started. So would you like to give us some examples of how you implement project-based learning in your classroom and particularly related to this topic of language and leadership. I'm intrigued how you're going to unfold the topic of student projects with language and leadership. Definitely. So yes, language and leadership is the title of the course that I'm doing now in partnership with, uh, with the embassy. And we get to partner with different organizations and universities throughout uh, Bahrain and Iraq as well. Uh, and so, so through that, uh, we have used project-based learning in a variety of ways. Uh, first, uh, the students in our class are in very different stages of life. We have even from uh, maybe one to maybe two elementary students uh, that are there. And then we have some high schoolers, some college students, some people that are in, uh, in the workforce. So project-based learning has been really great just for uh, differentiation and um, for students to be able to have maybe a central topic. For example, uh, one of our projects was to interview a leader. Uh, so through that, students were able to, based on their stage in life and who they were interested in learning more from, they were able to choose somebody uh, that they could learn from and uh, conduct an interview where they wrote questions, they uh, like created a, or had a meeting with their person, uh, wrote down their answers afterwards, uh, had to respond, you know, in the moment. And uh, some of them recorded that or just wrote down what they learned. Uh, so it was really cool because you saw a variety of ways that students completed the project. 
uh, I was able to connect some students with uh, with people if they were unsure of of where to go. Uh, and so uh, through that, it was neat to see some students talk to other, uh, you know, elementary students or uh, other high school students or some people talk to someone that was in a job or a career that they were interested in. Uh, so we saw a variety of response to that, um, really based on each individual student. Fantastic. So are these, um, are you training teachers with this method or are you working directly with students or both? Um, both, yes. Yeah. So some, uh, uh, really there's people in a lot of different stages of life. I work with a lot of uh, people that are entrepreneurs. Um, especially we work with one women's entrepreneurship group. So there's a whole class just of women that are entrepreneurs that have their own businesses. Um, I also have uh, groups of teachers uh, that are in uh, different classes and then uh, some people that are students in a variety of uh, subject areas as well. Fantastic, that's helpful to contextualize yeah. how you apply these projects. So can you give us an example, like how you would start the, if you're doing a course or a training, uh, giving, like, how do you initiate the project or how do you have the students initiate the project because it's a student-led project? Can you explain yes. that process for our listeners? Definitely. Uh, so one thing that I have really enjoyed implementing in class, uh, and this is probably something newer that I've begun using in, uh, in my courses, is holding brainstorming sessions with students. Uh, so in brainstorming sessions, uh, different students give ideas of maybe things that they wanna practice or uh, skills that they're interested in growing. Uh, and uh, it's cool because students kind of can feed off of each other. One student might give an idea and then another student uh, jumps on that. And so we've started implementing these brainstorming sessions where we've gotten together and uh, we'll, you know, everything's virtual. So we might keep, uh, usually we keep some kind of a living document that we'll add to uh, during each session and uh, write down notes of what most students are interested in, what their ideas are. And in a brainstorming session, just like how it might happen in a job or uh, at school, you know, when you're figuring out a project with your friends, uh, we typically come together on, uh, you'll, like different students will come together on an idea uh, and through there we'll build a project. Uh, so whether that is uh, conducting interviews, um, you know, we come and we have that, that seed and then different students give ideas of how that can grow and what that can look like. Uh, I'll ask specific questions uh, based on the details that I know need to be included in a project and then um, and then after that, we'll write up something more official for students to be able to follow uh, as an official project. Um, so through that, one of the cool ideas that came about recently was to use social media more uh, for our projects. And through that, we've started uh, doing Instagram lives. And that's been cool because within that project, students have proposed different ideas of what they want to do on an Instagram live, what they might want to talk about or demonstrate. And it's allowed students to kind of share leadership and shift roles, give ideas, give suggestions to each other. And it's become a really safe place for students to receive and also give feedback. Fantastic. So you as the lead basically are facilitating the discussion and, and they generate the project amongst themselves. Is that correct? 
Yes, yes. Um, so I'll usually have some kind of targeted questions. Um, and a lot of that too is based off of, uh, of getting to know the students, getting to know what their interests are. And, um, and so keeping it on topic, you know, keeping it on the topic of leadership and uh, making sure that we're doing projects that give a lot of room for uh, just different variables for different students in different contexts to, to be able to do it in a way that benefits them. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes if something is suggested that's really specific to an area, uh, we might take it apart to make it a little bit more general, uh, uh, something that's more inclusive and allows every student to participate fully uh, and get something out of the project. Um, but, um, but that's been cool uh, because um, really just through asking questions and as a teacher kind of knowing different pieces that, uh, that are important for all students to have clarity, um, you know, using a student's idea, you can build those things out um, and create the official project. But it still feels like, uh, and it is student-led and it was the student's choice. And so uh, through that, I found that students have a lot more buy-in and interest in what they're doing uh, because they're the ones that you know designed the project. Definitely. And do you allow students to work in partner pairs, small groups and or individually if they want to? Yes, I give tons of choice, <laughs> a lot of choice. Um, I, I really love doing that just because uh, every student is really different. And um, especially for the case of learning language, everyone usually learning a language, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the goals, but it might be for another goal. You know, it's a step to get to another goal, whether that's communicating with more friends or travel or moving or uh, if, you know, someone's in a context or they need it for work or uh, usually there's that other goal there. Uh, so I really love to give maybe too much choice. I love to um, allow students to really choose what best benefits them and uh, give them the autonomy that, you know, they're the experts of themselves and what they need and, um, and also challenging them to, you know, take a step further uh, but, but listening to them when, you know, when they need to stay in a certain zone or, um, something's best for them in the moment. Super. That's great. I'd like to be your student. <laughs> um, so we're going to wrap up in just a minute, but do you have, uh, a couple other projects that have been really successful that you could mention? You mentioned the interviewing one, um, any other ones that you'd like to mention for our listeners and the Instagram one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instagram has been really cool because it has having like a class Instagram page. I had never done it before I joined, um, before I, I was a part of this, uh, uh, this fellowship and I'm so glad I did. It's been really fun. Uh, I was nervous, but it's allowed us to, uh, one of the projects that students suggested was, uh, virtual galleries. Uh, so we, uh, had uh, one titled The Beauty of the Middle East. And uh, we have students that are mostly in Bahrain, but also in other places or that have traveled and lived in different places uh, or live in Bahrain from another country. So it was cool because we had this beautiful like culmination of photos uh, from all over the Middle East and got to kind of create our virtual gallery that we posted through our Instagram page uh, and students posted captions. So it was a great writing uh, activity. 
and the other thing about Instagram with leadership uh, and entrepreneurship is that so much, so many businesses are now happening online uh, that, that doing projects uh, there has been really cool because it's a safe space for students to try things that they can then implement on their own pages or for their own businesses. Um, and so, so that's been interesting to hear from students what they could see themselves using and even hear later like, oh, like I got to use an Instagram live uh, for this other purpose, uh, but without having that space to try it, it's kind of scary to do it for the first time. Right, right. So that, that's been a platform I've really enjoyed using for projects. Super, that's great. I'll have to try it as well. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. So did you mind summarizing your tips? You've given us a lot of great ideas. Um, just for our listeners, our summary tips for how they could implement language and leadership with yes. student-led projects. Totally. Uh, so I would say number one, uh, find out what your students are experts at. Uh, that's something I've learned early on to start writing down. If I notice a student talks a lot about uh, technology, I want to write that down. Or if they are really interested in owning their own business, I want to write that down. Or interested in a sport, like write that down. Um, and so find out what they're an expert at. And, um, and then I would say number two, like follow their lead as the experts. So as there's projects where different students can take leadership, um, like allow different students to be experts and uh, to jump into different roles that they feel really confident in. Um, I would say three, uh, create safe spaces for feedback and for different voices to be heard. Um, often, you know, it's, and of course the virtual classroom, there's so many challenges. Uh, you know, you might be talking to all screens that are, that are, that are off and you can only see yourself. Uh, and so it can be hard to get feedback from every student and uh, listen, but um, I would say keep working to create safe spaces and invite feedback, invite different voices, um, be teachable as the teacher, you know, uh, change up leadership roles. Um, and then last, I would say give students a platform. Uh, so maybe, uh, you know, an Instagram platform might not be feasible for every, every role, uh, for every teacher, um, that's been, I've loved using it. And if you've never done it, uh, I would totally suggest, you know, taking that route. Um, also just in the classroom, you know, students leading discussions or trainings, uh, but give them a platform to share, uh, you know, the things that they're an expert at or the things that they're learning in class um, and uh, have those times where, you know, students get to learn from each other. Fantastic. You did a phenomenal job of summarizing the tips and giving us all some great ideas. So we all have to go out and try the Instagram project now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Courtney. We hope to have you join us again to share some more great tips with our listeners. Definitely. Thank you. 